Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I'm your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and I'm so pleased to be here at the Voice America studio, recording this show for you. I've had a wonderful time here in Arizona so far, as I mentioned uh, previously, of being at the Miraval Resort Center, taking a coaching program, and now here I am, right in the Voice America studio, recording with my wonderful people that support me here to do the show, which I usually do from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. So this is a great, great treat for me to meet everyone and have the opportunity to be in the studio. I want to welcome the, all the listeners from Voice America Variety and, of course, our listeners on the East Coast from Project Freedom Radio Network. So today we're going to speak about deepening your senses. That's the topic deepening your senses. You know, human beings are multidimensional. We're multifaceted, multi-talented, multicultural, multi-faith, multilingual, and some of us are multimillionaires. It's important to include this larger, vast picture and association of who we are and to understand that that multiplicity, that we have that in our senses as well. We have multiplicity in our senses. And everything that we experience is perceived through our senses. When your energy is close to your body, your senses operate in a more finite way. When your thoughts are limited, when you're thinking of yourself as that famous saying goes, I'm only human, which is actually an illusion. We are much more than human. Even though we are human beings, we need to remember the being aspect of who we are. That is really where our multiplicity and multifaceted nature lies and expresses. When you allow your energy to expand, then you enter a path of exploration of a really infinite expression and infinite experiences through your senses. I'm sure at some point you've heard someone say, I'm not a touchy-feely kind of person. And although that may be true for some people, there's still the opportunity and the possibility of developing the other senses. Not everyone has that draw or doesn't feel compelled to really do hands-on care or to really exchange with people in a more touchy-feely kind of way, as they say. Some of us are huggers from way back when it was popular, and other people, that's just not the way that they communicate with one another. And isn't it wonderful we're multifaceted with multiplicity, with all the unique expressions that we have through our human experience? 
no one has to be any way that doesn't fit the truth of who they are. So there's freedom to the huggers. The huggers can hug, and the others that exchange in different ways are free to do that. So there's certainly no pressure for us to uh, try to or attempt to be someone that we're not. I certainly offer a lot of different suggestions and opportunities for you to explore. Some of them you may feel you just instinctively know, you know, that's not really for me. And it may be that some things are not for you right now, yet at some later time, they might be for you. Remember when we were young, we didn't like broccoli? And now, oh, I love broccoli. Just to give a lighthearted example of what I'm speaking about. As we grow, as we develop, as we change, our interests change, our sensitivities change, what might have seemed important to you at some point in your life may lose its sense of appeal. Just for a moment here, I want to just offer to you some ideas that maybe could be under that umbrella phrase of common sense. In common sense, you could think of that as a basic feel for the natural order of life. Often people we will be good with logistics and understanding how things really work in the physical world. With a high level of common sense, you're usually able to find the win-win solution to situations. Kind of have that innate ability to see both sides of an issue. And often you'll see people, you'll have a sense with them that they kind of walk with an air of ease and confidence, feeling comfortable with their surroundings and what's going on. When you have your common sense in balance and in great working order, you could have a feel of what right action is in a situation. Commonly, people would exhibit really authentic power, the kind of power that is inclusive and is just comes from a deep sense of knowing. Folks with their common sense in check can easily see the bigger picture a blending of the physical and the spiritual elements that are present in any given moment. The people with common sense are very present in the moment. They're not in the past or projecting out into the future, but very present, a very keen sense of awareness of what would be going on around them. They tend to be clear, diplomatic, and definitely flexible. I'll just give some examples of the kinds of traits or energy flows or abilities or attributes that would be common when people are really in a great state with their common sense in check and in balance. And, you know, I often hear, uh, even with people that uh, I don't know, just even out in the world places, you can hear people sometimes complaining about, oh, boy, there's not so much common sense. What happened to common sense? It's not so common anymore. So I really welcome all of us to really come back to our senses. Often I find that when you are in a natural alignment in, within your own self, when your energy is naturally aligned, you're not concerned about something, you're not worried about the future or obsessing over the past or caught up in some type of, uh, oh, what do they call that, human drama, that naturally your common sense would rise to the surface. The word common is there on purpose. Because there is a commonality around us, there is a commonality within us, there is a commonality of who we are as human beings, that we do intrinsically know what is right, what is good, and for some they would even say what is holy or what is divine. 
come back to your senses. Recover your common sense. Discover your innate abilities. I'll just take a moment now and just speak very briefly about this idea of IQ or intelligence quotient and maybe give a few ideas around that as well. I would often see the attributes of this as just a real high sense of reasoning and logic. The thoughts, there's a, the thought processes are very linear, very logical, and really process-oriented. Adept with math and science. And really, the ability to see the foundation pieces, the foundation pieces of something, even when they may be looking at the final outcome the mind would be able to layer the foundation pieces. And also, a great sense of cause and effect, which I think is a nice crossover, intelligence quotient and common sense. You have an understanding, an innate understanding of cause and effect. And then here's something that's really... Um, I think only, I don't know if it's only even in the last 10 years that I've even ever heard of this as a label, if you like, uh, but people are referring more to someone's emotional intelligence. And these are folks really that understand human need. When people have a high level of emotional intelligence, we certainly do all have emotional intelligence. And sometimes because of a trauma of any kind, could be physical, could be emotional, could be mental, could be spiritual, that sometimes there is a, it, it's as if our emotional intelligence becomes inhibited and it's not free-flowing. But generally speaking, when we have a good balance and that aspect of ourself is active, we do understand human need, and we're empathetic. There is that understanding of pathos, of the what some might call the shadow aspects of the self, or those challenges, those sorrow, depression, loneliness those types of emotions. People with high emotional intelligence are very compassionate. They get along with others. And not just people that are part of their peer group. You could say that people with emotional intelligence are very user-friendly in the world. Those are the folks that are easy to be around, you know, they uh, have a great and uh, easy rapport. They create easy rapport with animals, with children, with the elderly. It's a kind of person, no matter what situation you put them in, they're going to find a way to be able to create rapport and to connect and to get along. And also to bring a, a lightheartedness and a, and a joyfulness, an ease and a, a carefree kind of uh, energy, which is always lovely to be around, and even more so lovely when you feel that move through yourself. Excellent. Emotional intelligence. Well, let's move now and just speak about our obvious senses as we could speak about them. Everybody's aware of those five physical senses. Visual, our sight. Auditory, our hearing. Tactile, touch, gustatory, taste, and the olfactory, that sense of smell. Now, mammals and reptiles, their olfactory sense, it seems to have, it seems to be a two-part system. The first part of it is really the detection of airborne substances. And the second is more fluid substances. And the fluids are often referred to as pheromones, which are chemicals that are secreted or excreted. And they trigger, they trigger social responses 
in members of the same species. So pheromones are chemicals, and they're capable of acting outside the body. In the animal kingdom, you would often hear that term, uh, the animal's musk or that scent that they are sending off. Those are the animal's pheromones. And in humans, sometimes it could be akin to, if you've ever heard that comment, that you know you could smell the fear coming off of an individual, that that fear is so strong that it's actually emitting a chemical into the, into the air. And in a more pleasant arena, you could think of the pheromones accounting for the experience of, you know, sometimes you walk beside a person and you just feel drawn into them. It's almost as if their pheromones are intoxicating. In more scientific terms, they would say, the secreting individual is impacting the behavior of the receiving individual. I notice that sometimes even with people that I'm close with or drawn with, the people that I know walking down the street, and it's kind of hard. It's kind of like the, the, the uh, it, um, hard to uh, walk in a straight line because I feel that pull, you know, the hormones, the hormones, the pheromones pulling, pulling, drawing us together. And you feel that also with people you don't know. Just walking around in the world, you can always feel this uh, magnetism or being drawn into somebody's energy field, which can be very, very pleasant indeed. And then just carrying on with this idea of uh, pheromones, there are those alarm pheromones, the chemicals that are secreted when, you know, there is that sense of danger. And food pheromones, chemicals that are admitted into the air from foods, and of course our sexual pheromones. And all of these things affect behavior in the physiology. So just a little bit more of uh, body mechanics. Uh, the olfactory system is often spoken of along with the gustatory, so the sense of smell and the sense of taste, and referred to as uh, chemosensory senses, because they both are activated by chemical signals in our perception. And this could maybe account for some of the strange sensory experiences that they seem to be like a crossover of these two senses let me give you an example of, uh, of what I'm talking about. It's something that I um, experience, uh, have experienced actually quite frequently. It's the clearest example I can think of. And it's the example of coming into contact with uh, somebody that either has a, 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 a lot of perfume on, or I have sometimes experienced this also of just being in a room. There's a private client that I have that has a lot of perfume bottles in her room. And just coming into the same uh, atmosphere or environment of the perfume. Another way that this would happen would be, as an example, driving in a car when the air conditioning is on or in an airplane and the uh, perfume or care products would be circulating through the ventilation system. So all of that to say, as an example, when I come into contact with the perfume, I'm aware of the chemicals that are emitted that are in the air from the perfume. So I can smell the perfume, and then I would have an experience of actually feeling as if I could taste the perfume. Kind of sounds a little odd, but almost as if I'd kind of, not that I would want to do this, and please don't try this at home, but as if I had to kind of... Uh, dipped my tongue, the tip of my tongue, into the perfume bottle and actually ingested some of the perfume, it is, can be that strong of a reaction. So it's not the smells per se uh, of the perfume that I'm reacting to, but the chemicals in the air that are, uh, that are there in the air. You can feel that sometimes even when somebody walks by you. I'm sure to some lesser or greater extent um, you have experienced this yourself and know what I'm talking about could be the same thing even if you go into the drugstore in the 
um, cosmetic department, the perfume department, or walking down the aisle where the detergents are and the soaps are. So if your senses are acute that way, you could feel that kind of crossing over of the sense of smell and the sense of taste, which is what their uh, science speaks about is that um, uh, chemical, chemosensory, chemosensory senses, the sense of smell and the sense of taste. So like myself, you may find that you have or that you have developed or that you're developing acute, acute hearing, tasting, seeing, smelling. You know that you can smell things, hear things, taste things, see things, smell things that other people can't. And like all gifts, this acute sensory perception can take some time to get used to and some time to balance out and even sometimes can take some time to actually uh, recognize that that is, in fact, what you're experiencing. Now, obviously, there are some things that aren't so pleasant. If you have a keen sense of smell, then you can smell some things that are not so pleasant to smell, like when things are musty or moldy or things like that. But I have always felt, um, even from uh, a young child, that uh, I didn't mind so much for the few things that weren't that pleasant because the, they are uh, to have acute uh, sensory perception is such a marvelous, marvelous gift to walk with. So I'm going to just give you some examples of uh, of some ways that that may show up as an example. So I often hear um, tones when I'm doing energy work with clients, and uh, sometimes I'll then uh, uh, copy the tone and make the sounds out loud that I'm perceiving that are coming from within the individual. Just generally speaking, minor tones indicate uh, imbalance or, or dis-ease or illness in the body, and major tones are indicative of harmony, balance, and good health. Now, while around the treatment table, I find that the sound that I first make sometimes would be in a minor tone, and then as the energy and the body adjusts, the tone will change and would change into a major tone like the idea of people that use tuning forks that bring things back into balance. Other times while treating, I might hear words inside or phrases, sometimes even song lyrics, because I certainly relate to that. So what a great way for spirit to bring that through me because it's something that I can relate to. Maybe hear entire sentences or whole conversations. And during the years when I did a lot of treatments on people with cancer and AIDS, I could often perceive the smell of disease coming from inside the person's body, as well as almost like tasting medication or other chemicals that were in the body. Now, the reason I'm sharing these experiences with you is so that you can feel more comfortable to expand your own perceptual abilities you'll be able to welcome those perceptions with ease if you, too, begin to hear, see, taste, feel, or smell things that others around you are not aware of. These perceptions might be bringing information, valuable information for you about yourself or about the person or the situation that you're engaged with. So if you want to begin developing your extrasensory capabilities on your own, just simply intend, make the intention, clear intent, unbending intent, single-mindedness of focus, to have spirit work through you. Because the greatest obstacles that we have, no matter what it is we're trying to achieve, is our limited thinking, and, of course, those feelings of fear that bubble up within. And even do more than bubbling up sometimes. They can uh, bring you to a state where you 
feel paralyzed, actually, not for a moment or for moments. But over time, you know, your trust in spirit will help you to grow these abilities and more avenues of help become available to you the more open you are and it'll become easier and easier. There will be a growing ease within you that you're able to surrender your personal will to divine will. And I know that there are those out in the world that are so clear that that is the path that they're on. So here I am, giving some support for those types of things. Let's just go through some of these extrasensory perceptions again. We did a show actually earlier on in the season about this, but just to mention a few of these again. The clairsentience, the feeling touching. Now it's a form of perception where a person can acquire psychic knowledge primarily through feelings. Generally, the term refers to a person who can feel the vibration of other people. And there are many different degrees or ranges of perception of this. Some can perceive disease in other people or can feel the imbalances in thoughts or emotions of other people. This is different from when you are aware of things in your third eye because with this ability, it's not so much about having pictures in the mind, but it would be a very visceral experience in the body. And this is certainly a common a common ability of people that do any kind of uh, healing work or energy work. This ability of clairsentience, the feeling or touching. Psychometry is another uh, aspect or attribute that's related often to clairsentience. For example, a person, when they can pick something up and tell you the history of it, and let's say they pick up an old ring or something, and they can tell you the history, tell you things about the person that wore it, things like that. I had a great experience of that one time um, oh, many years ago in Vancouver. I have some friends, the Lipsits, that own a uh, crystal gallery called Crystal Works. And uh, Morley, the dad and husband of the crew, he um, often uh, would pick up, uh, would go on buying trips and pick up gems for the for the crystal shop. And he came home one time with this beautiful uh, lapis pieces from the Himalayas. And uh, I picked up a piece of this lapis and I took it and put it up by my third eye and closed my eyes. And it was so wonderful because I could see the Himalaya mountains that I was picking up that image from the stone. So that just gives an example of that type of ability. The clairaudience then is the ability to hear in a paranormal manner. Sometimes you hear it in actual sounds that you're actually hearing also with your physical ears, or instead it could be that sort of inner mental ear. Similar to, you know, people can think in words without actually having auditory impressions, so they may be sound impressions, but not something that you'd say is actually hearing. But it also could come in the form of sounds and voices, tones or noises that are not apparent in the outer world, if you like, and couldn't be picked up by recording equipment. And then the sense of smell, and we've talked about that a little bit already, but with Claire Aliens, it's the um, people being able to pick up a, a smell that's not actually there in the environment. That reminds me of our early days in metaphysics. Uh, I think it was one of the uh, metaphysicians had a guide. We used to call this guide Mr. Wood. And uh, Mr. Wood got this name because everyone knew when this guide was around, the air would be filled with the smell of burning wood. And we have Claire Gustians, the tasting. It's the, uh, that extrasensory perception that allows one to taste substances without putting anything in their mouth. They're often picking that up the essence of a substance from the spiritual or ethereal realms through taste. And in earlier years, I've also had experiences with that just by holding a, a bottle of gem elixirs or a flower box remedies and that sense of just ingesting that. 
and then claircognizance, knowing. And this describes a person who acquires knowledge primarily by means of innate knowing, innate knowledge. It's the ability to know something without a physical, no physical explanation of why you know it. I guess like the concept of mediums when they're picking up on information. You know, people are so surprised. I don't know how they knew that. I never told them anything about me. That type of thing. This reminds me also of comments my mother used to make. And perhaps you know someone that is like this. You know, uh, you ask them, Oh, well, how do you know that? They reply with a smile on their face and a little twinkle in their eye and just casually say, I just know. Which is certainly quite different from people that go around um, constantly letting people know that they have psychic abilities. Um, I've certainly heard that, and I assure you have also people that are announcing or proclaiming that they are psychics or having psychic abilities. Now, let's clear this up, okay? Everyone has psychic abilities. It's part of being a human being. Some people are aware of these common abilities and have developed the skills, and others are just waking to these senses or extra senses. And uh, for some, it may be something that they look forward to in the future, and they have not yet opened to that level of their own awareness. Now, they're referred to as extrasensory perceptions because they're generally perceived on a different level from our physical senses. They're not so intrinsically attached to the physical body parts that are used to perceive the physical, tangible, tangible reality. For myself, and I've given some examples of that already, I often sense a blending of my five physical senses and my extrasensory senses working in tandem with one another. And at other times, it's very true, they're clearly quite, quite distinct. Yeah, I'll give you an example of this. For people as, that do energy work, if you're there with a person and you're doing the hands-on work or working in the person's energy field outside of the body, that's certainly an example of a blending of the both. You're picking up perceptions of the energy from your extrasensory perceptions, and at the same time you're blending that with your actual physical hands and physical senses. Or you could sit in a chair across the room and do energy work on the other person from across the room, even though you may not be touching them. Or the person could be in another country, and you would do the energy work via distant healing. And the first example, as I mentioned, it's a combining of the physical senses and the extra sensory senses. I have a couple of other examples here. There's, um, I currently work with someone that uses a augmented uh, spelling system to communicate. And um, I notice for myself that oftentimes what I'm doing is using my other senses to pick up on the clues coming from the person, the energy, the just connecting in a telepathic way. And this is augmenting my uh, experience of actually doing the communication system with her, that there are so many clues that I'm picking up that I understand what's going on a little more inside of her than just needing to wait for the letters as we're spelling the words out to know what she's trying to communicate or to know what she's feeling inside. I had a kind of odd experience one time. Um, I used to work as a sign language interpreter for the deaf, and uh, when I moved back to Ottawa from Vancouver uh, in my 30s, I went and uh, applied for a job actually at the Canadian Hearing Institute to see if I could, um, I suppose, resurrect that uh, profession because I'd been out of the profession uh, for a while. And I went and we had to do this test where they had a person doing sign language on a, t on a tape, on a videotape. And I needed to, uh, as part of the exam, I needed to uh, read the sign language and say what the person was, uh, was communicating to me. Yet when they did the video, they didn't have the audio input on. 
So I wasn't able to pick up on the natural audio clues when you're signing with somebody. Uh, there's all these audio clues that happen as well. Uh, gestures, little sounds, little things that for me were part of my experience of actually doing sign language and how odd that was to have that sense removed. Certainly, there's a blending of all of our senses, our extrasensory perception and our regular senses when we're dealing with when children are preverbal. You're picking up clues from them about what it is that's going on with them. And this is true, certainly, with people with developmental disabilities, people with dementia, or uh, people that have had a stroke. Or even when you encounter someone that speaks a different language than you do, yet you're able to have a sense of what's going on and what they may be wanting to communicate, just as when you're in that situation and you're trying to commu communicate with somebody that... Um, you don't speak the same language. They're picking up on other kinds of clues from you as well. Your energy output, body posture, all these other clues. So, I just want to speak about meditation for a few moments. And I think that it would be a good idea to do a show one time on meditation and offer you some different choices and opportunities to get involved with meditation. I know some of you already have a regular meditation practice, and some of you don't, and some of you that don't would like to have and maybe don't know how to get started or really what to do. I often uh, hear, just as a general comment out in the world, people saying, mm, I don't know how to meditate, or I tried to meditate, or I don't know how to make my mind quiet, or these other types of things that can be frustrating to people that are wanting to have a, a meditation practice, be it a regular practice or something that, like a tool, they can pull out of their toolbox when they're feeling not quite right. Certainly meditation is one of the best avenues. The best avenue, one of the best avenues for really tuning into and developing your five physical senses and also developing your extra sensory senses, that fine-tuning at the level of your body and your mind and your spirit. There is um, so much to be gleaned from having a regular meditation practice, certainly in terms of the development of that being aspect of ourselves and that connecting in with higher vibrations, raising the vibration in your body. It's a great uh, opportunity to really help you to stay present and really tuned in the present moment. As we become less mm, occupied or preoccupied with things that are about the past or the future. And an overall sense of calm. The health benefits of meditation just go on and on and on forever. But certainly bringing health to your senses and tuning yourself, tuning yourself to the truth of who you are. Meditation practice is wonderful for that. And also some type of writing practice, whether you write in the morning. We did a show uh, earlier in the season also on writing practice. Whether you do it early in the morning, do it at night, or do it when you have a few moments during the day. Some people do it just to record the highlights of special events. Being a special event could be anything that you really want to highlight for yourself. doesn't need to be an actual special event. But just that time for self-reflection, there's so much that can come out and can teach you about yourself, can teach you about the truth and authenticity of who you are, and also the, the truth about where you are on your path, where you are with certain aspects of your life, and that opportunity to really tune your senses, putting you in a place of speaking about, writing about your perceptions of reality, the layers of things you notice. <laughs> I'm sure we have, I don't know what the number is, let's call it 40 billion bits <laughs> of information coming, coming to us all the time. So right now, 
I'd like to offer you an opportunity to deepen your senses, deepen your energy by doing a little meditation. And we're going to use our chakras as a way of focusing on that. So why don't you just take a moment and get a little comfortable wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, or I know some of you listen to the show laying down and just go into a deep relaxation. So whatever, whatever your pleasure is that way. And just focus on your breathing for a minute. And now we're just going to move into the meditation. And as we do this, just take a deep breath in. And on the exhalation, just allow yourself to relax. Letting go. And allowing yourself to just feel comfortable in inside. Good. And we'll take another deep breath in. And letting go. And then one more time. Take a breath in. And letting go into relaxation. And now just bring your focus down to the root, down to the base of your spine. Perhaps you see a red color there. Just let your senses open and allow yourself to perceive whatever is there for you. The root is your sense of grounding, sense of home, and of safety. And just ask for a moment if there's any message that this energy in your body wants to share with you. And just notice what you experience. Notice if anything changes. Good. And now let's move up to the spleen chakra, which is just below your belly button. Mm, beautiful orange color. And just let go of any tension or holding that you might feel there. Maybe the color feels a little weak to you and you want to just infuse that with more orange to make the chakra stronger. And this area, this energy is really your sense of self in relation to your emotions and your relationships your relationship with yourself and with others. Good. Just breathe life into the spleen chakra. Beautiful. And now let's move up. Up to the solar plexus, which is above your belly button. Kind of in that area, the opening of the rib cage, the bottom of the rib cage. The solar plexus, beautiful yellow color. This is your sense of power and your true sense of authenticity. And just notice what your experience is. May hear a message or see something, feel something. Whatever you perceive, just allow it to be. Good. Now let's move up, up into the heart. Beautiful green color in the heart chakra. 
This is your sense of compassion. of unconditional love and acceptance. Beautiful, vibrant green color. That's it. Let your shoulders drop down and let go of any holding or tension in your body. Just notice the natural flow in the heart center is want to just let this beautiful love vibration flow through you, filling the space and the energy around you, Mm, beautiful, and as we're moving up the body into the throat chakra, beautiful blue color. This is your sense of self-expression and creativity. The ability to take your natural sense of knowing and express it through your voice. Beautiful. And just notice what your experience is. Wonderful. And now we'll move up to the third eye. Right there in the middle of your forehead. There's an indigo color. a sense of clear vision, clear seeing, your ability to hold the bigger picture. You could think of that even as your ability to see into the truth of things. Clear seeing, Mm, letting go of any tension or holding. Mm, Beautiful. And the crown, up into the crown, a violet flame, sense of connection to the divine, and the awareness of the flow of the divine in all things. Beautiful. above your crown, above your head, maybe even up half a foot or a foot, above the crown, the sense of your higher self, and just welcome a communing with the higher aspects of your own being, beautiful, Just notice whatever it is you experience. Mm, Great. And now, just welcome you to recover your sense of adventure. Sense of yourself. Sense of honor. Your sense of happiness sense of freedom, sense of calm, sense of purpose, beautiful. Let's just take another deep breath and exhale, great. And then in your time when you feel ready, then just Open your eyes. Wonderful. I really encourage you to take some time 
at some time, and maybe you'd like to jot down some of the things that you experienced while we did that little meditation. Just a great little meditation to help you recover your senses, recover yourself. Recover, discover, uncover your own energies. Beautiful. And you may like to listen to this again. Feel free to do that, to listen and do the meditation again or any of the relaxation techniques that I've shared with you on the many shows we've done so far. They're all there and available for you. It's been a real pleasure to come to Voice America, be here in the studio, quite different from doing the program in my own little studio I create in my apartment. It's been a pleasure to do this and to meet everyone here and have the opportunity to record a show here in the studio. I thank all the listeners from Voice America Variety and from Project Freedom Radio and look forward to uh, having you tune in and listen next week. You have been listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda-Smith. And I encourage you, till we meet again, to be aware of your senses. Come back to your senses. Find your way. Keep finding your way back into the center of your own body, your own being, your own sense of self. And until next time, I really welcome you to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.